Let's join it again. Let's hold our Bibles. Oh, tell you what. Look at that. Eh? All right, fantastic. Um, this morning, I, I've kind of given it the provisional time of being equipped by his word. Amen. Equipped by his word. Now, the, I'm going to open this up actually, if I can. Um, this Bible I've got here is um, it's, a, it's a kind of comparison Bible. So on every page, you can see it. Every page, there are, there are three different translations, and then there's a commentary at the end. All right, it's, it's, it's a pretty big, beefy Bible. All right, um, the Bible, the Bible is an amazing and inspired collection of books and letters given to each and every one of us uh, to help us from God to help us live righteously and to equip us. And to help us advance the kingdom of God with the desire of bringing heaven to earth. Yes. Did you get that? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, to equip us to bring help, bring heaven to earth. All right. it, is, it is powerful. It is. And that's what we're focusing on this morning. Okay. I think sometimes, potentially as charismatic churches, we get, we get very Holy Spirit caught up. And that's a good thing. But we can at times forget the word, uh, and actually it's the marrying of the two, which is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. All right, I want you to put over your Bibles and put your fingers on 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. I told you there's so many great verses that are 3.16. Okay, so 2 Timothy, verse 3.16, and uh, keep that bookmarked. I'm going to read 17 as well. But listen, um, it, it, it is an amazing book. Okay, it, it really, really is. Amazing book. A Bible, a, a bibliography of letters and books, thousands and thousands of years old. But guess what? Even I, who you think, because I, I preach on a regular ish basis, I, 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 must, I must know this thing inside out. Well, here's the truth. I don't. Um, I, I, sometimes, when I'm reading this, I, I struggle actually to live up to the standards that, that are in its pages. Um, and, and, and actually, sometimes then, because I'm struggling with what I'm reading, I, I can become quite fearful. Um, and, and I become fearful because I can't live up to it, and then I become fearful that, that, that I'm going to be unable to defend the Word of God adequately enough. So this means then that when I'm, when I'm challenged by, by liberal thinkers, or what you might say modern, modernistic thinking, um, and, and they're telling me what their interpretation of what the Bible says, because, because I, sometimes I, I, I struggle because I'm fearful when I'm challenged I then find I'm not equipped to deal with the challenge that is being put in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and subsequently what I, what I find then is, is that I begin, to, I begin to shrink back from giving a bold, right. confident 
Bible-based answer because I'm actually unsure whether it's actually biblical truth or whether it's been filtered and then diluted through my fear and anxiety. And therefore, what I actually say can be distorted and ultimately unhelpful. It becomes that, you know, if somebody's challenging me, it can almost become like a, what, I, what I call a, a nodding head statement. There you go. Mm. You're not really saying yes, and you're not really saying no. You're just acknowledging what's being said to you. Get me? Yeah. yeah. You nod your head slightly. You understand? Yeah, you're really good. <laughs> That's, that, I like that. Gary went. Mm. <laughs> so, so it becomes like a. So, so I nod my head, and actually, it becomes um, even another question. Am I on there? Yeah. Rather than a faithful answer. It becomes just another peg placed on, into the ground on a, on a communal journey where no answers are wrong and no answers are correct. It, it's a place where finding another question to ask is, is more agreeable than together finding answers. I, I, I can fall into the trap where I find it more desirable to read books about the Bible than to actually read the Bible. So, so when I read about the Bible, rather than read the Bible, I, I, I find myself becoming quite emboldened by, by somebody else's view for a while. And then I read another book, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm equally pulled in sometimes the almost opposite direction by the next trendy Christian book or funky popular communicator. Anybody feeling that? I can end up confused. I can be, I can be thought exhausted. Oh, I don't know what to do now. And so ultimately, I just end up being <laughs> less encouraged to go and read the actual Bible itself. Because I'm knackered listening to these thoughts and reading these opinions. And, and I don't know really where I'm planting that, that flag for myself. And so what happens is I then find myself in a situation where I need others to interpret for me using words that sound eloquent and deep. <laughs> and if you can make anything sound eloquent and deep, all of a sudden you sound like a learned person. I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't. Maybe it's, you know, like when you hear phrases like, sometimes you have to leave the ground to really jump. <laughs> wow. It's deep in it. Uh, <laughs> think about that. <laughs> Just sometimes, um, so when I listen to these kind of eloquent and deep thinkers, I, I, it's like I get so excited about the idea of the idea they're presenting without actually knowing what the, the idea is and whether it's any good. I'm just excited that they're excited about their idea, and actually I don't really understand what the idea is. I'm just thrilled they have it. <laughs> Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. See, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? I, I, I'll just take a drink. I don't think I'm alone in this. No. In fact, I know, I know for certain 
I'm not alone in this. Um, so, I love social media, you all know that. You, you know, I think it's a powerful, powerful platform. And, but the power and influence of social media has shown me, it's shown me people that are knocked back and forth between competing ideas, ideologies, and theologies. And, and I, read, I read the posts online, and, and I, see, I see people changing what they're, they're thinking from one year to the next. Their principles kind of pulled here, there, and everywhere. And here's the thing, statistics, get this, right? If you think that social media, I hope you don't think social media is a flash in the pan, because it ain't going to go anywhere. But if you think it isn't a, 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 a mission field for the church, get this statistic right now. In just a 24-hour period alone, that across the world, there are over 1 billion users active. Wow. Not 1 billion accounts open, but people actively using Facebook over a 24-hour period. One billion people. Now, how many people in the world? Is it seven and a half billion or something like that? That statistic's about two years old. No, it's like a year old, actually, a year and a half, maybe. So I imagine it's even bigger than that now, more than a billion users, as they're kind of, you know, Facebook and what have you, investing in Google, investing into these third developing countries, sorry, developing countries. Get more and more people online. So I don't know what percentage that is. Can any mathematician tell what the percentage of 1 billion of 7.5 billion people is? 12 or 30%. About 12 or 30%. That's quite a large figure, isn't it? And it's growing. It's growing. Because that's just Facebook. I'm not talking about Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter, all these other places. But here's my point. Here's my point. That is over 1 billion people whose opinions are filtered and, and, and then other people's opinions are pressured and actually you, you find it you find it becoming quite binary that people are in one camp or another depending on what that issue is of the day and, and in, intense online arguments can happen regularly I tend not to get involved in those but I certainly enjoy reading them uh, the thing is, and they happen despite the fact that no one ever really changes their mind based on a scrolling post that takes five minutes to reach the end of. What, what, we, what we actually want to do in this online world that we can find ourselves in is we want to plant our flag and show people the colour of our real thoughts. Yeah, that's that's right. what we want to do. That's, that's, right. that's where I stand. Yeah. And yep. unless you're Sarah, I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> um, and, and, but, but here's the thing. We, we even sometimes, online, we, we even sometimes hide behind the post we, we, we really mean, but we present it in a way that suggests we're playing devil's advocate. It's a bit of an unfortunate phrase to use in church, but you, you get the point. We kind of present it, we actually really mean it, but we, we're so scared of roughly somebody else's feathers that, that we, we present it as if we're giving another option, another opinion. We're, we're, and actually on social media we're, we're pressured by political correctness to say the right thing because obviously as soon as you put something online boom it's there forever nearly pretty much um, but actually more often than not we don't say anything knowing that we really are against whatever the popular zeitgeist is of the moment because we're fearful of, of being hurt 
We're fearful of being accused of something, or, 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 or most markedly, we're fearful of rejection. Especially from our friends. Our Facebook friends. <laughs> fearful. Even if, and here's the thing, even if in the real world those friends have never shown any attitude towards you to say they could or they would. Reject you, that is. But we don't say anything. But here's the thing, we, we do see it in the real world as well. We, we really do. We, we've got, and I think, I kind of try to think of it like this, we've got an ever-widening circle of being able to share honestly with people. So with us right in the centre of our real world friendship circles, we, we probably share openly, without any kind of restraint, uh, and, and knowing that, that these people, and they're probably our, our wives, our husbands, our partners, whatever, our best friends, but they, they, they are unlikely to reject us. We, we're pretty solid that they're going to reject us despite how outlandish some of our, our thoughts and opinions might be. But as we widen that circle, we begin to hide more and more aspects of ourselves. Until we reach that very outer circle, where actually we share, we share very little, but through a desire to be accepted by a larger community, we give those nodding heads responses of agreements to things that actually we're not sure about at all, or we don't suggest anything at all. We don't even nod our head. We just stay stumped. And once again, we ask more questions than give answers. Because that's the modern culturally way, accepted way of doing things. We, we, we place that, that peg I, I talked about, we place it down once more on this mutual path of discovery that just leads to a massive echo chamber of identical thoughts and statements. And, and here's another thing, I, I've run a number of groups at Freedom Church over the, over the years, been involved in a few, ran a few, and um, without question, and I'm coming back to now the point of today's talk. Without question, um, and I say this without judgment, only as a fact to present to you, the thing that, that folks who I'm kind of collecting with in these groups, the things that they felt the most challenging was, was, was reading their Bibles, whether regularly or, 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 or never at all. Without question, that was the overriding thing. Very, very few people that, that, that I've connected to in, in these groups over the years Actually, and I love their honesty, admit to whether, you know, admit to reading their Bible sometimes, never, or a lot. They just, they just don't do it. And I'm not just voicing my opinion of how we Christians approach our Holy Scripture. It really is something I've seen over and over again. Wonderfully fantastic people. They've opened their hearts to me and they've, they, they, they've shared what a struggle it is to read the Bible. So, so where does this leave us as Christians? That's, that's a question. A group of people caught up in this, this landscape of, of shifting sands where, where, where one decade to the next we find biblical truth eroding in, in popular culture, yet we, we've got no response because we, we don't know enough to respond. Do you agree? Yeah. 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 And you look at like the explosions of self-help groups and self-help books that are evident in the world that, that suggest we're, we're, we're trying to seek answers from, from other sources. 
Um, even, in, even in the Christian community, we've, we've got a plethora of books waiting to help us find the, in quotes, real you in Christ. Again, books written about the Bible, not actually reading the Bible. Because amongst all this, we then rely less and less on the inspired Word of God to guide us and direct us. We find ourselves in a world, both inside and outside the church, where, where the Word of God has nuggets of wisdom, <laughs> but the larger meal of context seems so hard to stomach. We live in a world where the acceptance of the Word of God as truth is refuted constantly and knowledge of Scripture is at its lowest point. Now, let's get to our Bibles. Let's see what God says about all this. So let's open that Bible. If you you close your Bible again, to 2 Timothy 3, 16. I'm going to read you that first from the message and then the New Living Translation. Here's the message. It says this. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way through the word we're put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. And I read it from the New Living Translation. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Mm -hmm. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listen, as I I know, so this this is the Apostle Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And and clearly by this point, the the New Testament wasn't fully formed. Because he's not talking about the New Testament. Paul's actually, when he's talking to Timothy, he's referring to primarily the Old Testament. There may have been some oral things going around or some letters going around by this time that would eventually make up the New Testament. But he's primarily referring to the Old Testament. But here's the thing, that this sentence has made its way to us 2,000 years later. It's not been removed from Scripture. And I think so, without doubt, we can bring our New Testament stories that what we find in the New Testament, and place them of equal importance to the old. Mm-hmm. So I think he is, I think ultimately, he is talking about the whole of the scripture, even though in that particular instance, he is referring to the Old Testament when he's talking to Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's what the Bible says about itself. It says that it is inspired. In fact, in, in that translation, the message translation, it says that it is God-breathed. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. The words appear in our Bible... <laughs> Because God breathed them out of his mouth. The Almighty, the creator of all that we see and all that we don't see, spoke these words into being. Now inspired can be defined as something, and I loved it when I found this, uh, of extraordinary quality. In fact, the definition that I really like said it means something that, and I'll quote you this, rises from something external and creative. That's inspiration. So although this is written down, and it was written down by human hands, 
The Word of God that we hold in our hands. Can you just hold it in your hands? Just hold the Word of God in your hands. You can hold it up or down, whatever. Is something, this is something that has come from a creative and external source. God motivated hands to move and to write. And by the Holy Spirit, he whispered words formed in the deep mystery of God into, into the minds that transmuted these words from one another to leaf, to parchment, to paper, and all that we have with us today. When we really take in from whom the source of these words come, we should have a revelation every time we open them that God is speaking to us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. These words are, what are they? God breathed. So then when we think about it like that, a reading of the Bible then should become a very different, very important, and actually really serious exercise. Yeah. And you know what? We, we can know about the practicalities of its formation, the length of time that it covers, which is thousands of years. Thousands of years. Thousands of years. I can't grasp it. We can, we can think about the councils that... That, that decreed what's in and what's out. But ultimately, by faith, we trust that God has guided and directed the contents of this book that we should hold so dear and that every word has meaning and purpose. And that includes those connecting words, the ands and the its and the anyones. Yeah. Every word has meaning. On purpose. This is a book set in historic times and places, but it's got morals and messages yeah. that are timeless That's and without right. borders. That's yep. true. Yeah. Mm. So what should you do about this? What, what do we do about this then? We know all this. If we accept that the Bible is the inspired word of God, and that both the old and the new have genuine lessons to teach us and stories to encourage us. What do we what do we do with that? I think I think the Bible actually helps us outwork our salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we give our lives to Christ, so if you if you give your lives to Christ, which I think is everybody looking at that. Um, when we submit to Him fully uh, and completely, we are we are undoubtedly saved. Okay, yeah. I, I believe that. And, and, and heaven at some point is our eternal destination. But at the moment, as we've seen with the hurricanes and what have you, we are living in a fallen world. Yes. All right, where, where the kingdom of darkness still has a hold. And, and even though we're saved, we go into heaven, we still find temptation. Yeah. It, it's, it's crouching at our door. And, and, and for most of us, if not all of us, I think it's, it's a daily battle to keep it at bay. Now, we've got the Holy Spirit living within us, haven't we? Yeah. yeah? Uh, to help us know right from wrong. And, but, but even then, even then, we can choose to, to not listen to Him, can't we? And, and we find ourselves stumbling yeah. on and off our righteous path. So, so the Bible 
plays a really important role now. The Bible helps us in our process of sanctification. Okay? Which is which is that means our living out of our lives as beings who, who are doing their best to be more and more Christ-like. Yeah. So I want to listen again. Read again what Paul says to Timothy. He says that the scripture is useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Yeah. And through the word we're put together and shaped up for the tasks <laughs> God has for us. So, so reading the Word of God, and not just reading about the Word of God, is, is so important. Yes. If, if, if we read just someone else's thoughts on what the Bible says, not necessarily reading truth, we could just be reading someone's opinion. Yeah. And, and if we read just nuggets of Scripture as, as our only way of digesting the Word, then we become bloated and fat. We're full of the Word... And we're able to regurgitate the word, but we're not able to place it in context. And, and therefore we're not getting the all-rounded goodness that it has to offer. The bottom line of what we do should be this. Read the word of God regularly as a priority trying to gain as much context for what you're reading to or listening to as possible. So this means not actually just understanding the word context or, or the paragraph, the chapter, the letter or the book, but actually it's about learning to ask the correct questions about the book. Right, good. What is it you're reading? What was the culture in which it was written? Who was the person they were writing to and, and, and who was the person writing it? Yes. And, and you might think that's difficult. You might think, oh, I've got to go to Bible college for that, or I've got to do this, that, and the other for that. Actually, we're living in an age, folks, where we're spoiled for information. Yeah. It only takes a couple of clicks or a couple of taps to discover something new about almost anything and everything. And even though we, we can sometimes deride the, the truth that we find behind internet stories, actually, we can also be sure of having access to some amazing resources that are verifiable and are true. Yes. Um, and this means that if you want to ask those questions that I just talked about in a particular book or a letter, there are websites available that will give you cultural and geographical context, as well as other people's studies for whatever we're reading from Scripture, without jeopardizing your own thoughts or personal Holy Spirit revelation. It's, it's out there waiting, ready for you. Just a couple of those resources that I rely on quite heavily is, is BibleHub.co. So BibleHub.co, okay, or BibleGateway.com, okay, BibleGateway.com. Um, and if you really want to get into reading the Bible on a regular basis, sign up to a free account with Bible.com. So Bible.com, dead easy for you to remember, um, and you can choose from one of their hundreds of, of different Bible reading plans. And maybe one of the things you want to start with, if you haven't done it yet, is it's focusing on the Bible in one year or less reading plans. HTV have an excellent one that is hosted on Bible.com. And don't forget, you can get an app, the Bible app, which is the same people. Get it on your smartphones, your tablets, whatever. We are spoiled for choice in, in, in getting the word into us. 
Listen, imagine a church, right? Imagine, actually, imagine Freedom Church, which is the church that we're all a part of, the local church. Think how powerful we would be in both word and deed if we were all honest with ourselves about how much of the Bible we read regularly and we made a commitment from today onwards, or if you're listening to this online, from now, to knuckle down and give God's word a higher priority. Imagine, imagine how powerful we would be in both word and deed if you made that decision. I know this is challenging. I get that. It's supposed to be. <laughs> All right? Think how powerful we would be in both word and deed if we read the Bible together. I'll talk about an idea of God in a moment. Think about how powerful it would be if we read it together. Challenging one another, actually, to think outside the box of church tradition. It's the difference between truth and tradition. Just in case you weren't aware of that. Just because we've believed something is a church tradition for a few hundred years doesn't mean it's actually true. How about if we, together, we, we encompass context and we put the effort of, uh, to research as a group goal, maybe in your life group. Think about how powerful it would be if we recognise the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, combined with the power and equipping of God's inspired word. It says in the message translation of 2 Timothy 3.17, through the word we're put together and we're shaped for the tasks God has for us. Yes. Yes. Okay? Through his word we're brought together through agreement on foundational truths, we're shaped together, ready for whatever God asks us to do. If, if we choose to dream of a church that, that embraces a commitment to reading his words, I think actually we'll grow bolder in our evangelism. So this declare, reaching our community, reaching these people, finding, finding people who, who are ready for the harvest to, to reap them for Jesus. If we choose to dream of a church will grow bolder in evangelism. I think we'll love more genuinely in our relationships with one another if we hold on to his word with grace and truth. Yes. We'll see a more defined difference, I think, between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, which will enable us to tackle the issues of the hour, whatever they may be, with confidence and a calm, principled stance. We'll find our voice in a world that so desperately needs to hear it. And that is a voice of love and of acceptance and a voice of power and wisdom. If as a church we make a pledge to read his word, or if you make a pledge out there in the internet world to make a pledge to read his word and by his spirit ask for fresh revelation of what God is saying, I think you'll be changed from the inside out. I said a few moments ago that we can be powerful in both word and deed by purposefully increasing our capacity to take in what God is saying to us through the Bible. Yeah. I think we'll find our purposes together. We'll be a group of people with a greater level of wisdom, a greater faith for the miraculous, a people of divine patience, a people who'll show love to one another, 
and to those outside the church, despite whatever we might have to endure. And the reason I think that is because, once again, the Bible tells me so. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 10, Paul says this, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live, and what my purpose in my life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. What did I just say? I said, prior to reading that, if we find our purposes together, we'll be a group of people with greater level of wisdom, a greater faith and miraculous, a people of divine patience, a people who show love to one another and to those outside the church, despite whatever we might endure. The Bible tells me so. Paul, Apostle Paul here, clearly had a respect and a love of the word so much that actually it leapt from the pages and all that he learned inhabited his soul. Knowing the word changed not just his theology, not just his opinion, but it's got a, had a very real effect of who he was and how he lived his life. God's word is not there just to gain information, but actually it's here for our transformation. Yeah. The word became flesh. And his made his dwelling among us. Yes. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son. Who came from the Father. Full of grace. And truth. John 1. Verse 14. I'd like us to. Make a pledge together. I'd like us to. I'm not going to force you. I'd like us to. To make a place together. Can we give out? Who's got the little sheets? Could you give those out? Just take a few moments. And while you're doing that, what we're going to make this pledge together. But while we while we're doing that, um, just focus in on me for a minute. I get distracted by everything. For a number of months now, God has been speaking to me about creating a Bible reading group. So it's a group not to study the Bible, although that may come into it to a degree but to read the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible together. Still not sure how that will work out, how we will do it, but if you're interested, if that's a group that actually you think, do you know what, I'd love to just read the Bible together and to be challenged together and to be committed to that together, come and speak to me afterwards. Well, yeah, mate, of course you can. So let me just force you to just, I want you to consider that. I want you to let other people know in your life groups and speak to me about it. Um, and then we're going to read this pledge. But Stu, go ahead. You know when God speaks in the worship and you think, oh, okay, that's not to share. <laughs> I was wrong. Right. But maybe it's to share now. Um, we were singing a song that says God's raising up an army. Yeah. And God really clearly spoke to me about one of the most important things that gives an army success is food. Feed yes. the troops. Yeah. That was really the message that came. And I thought, oh, that's a real good nugget. I'll just take it away. I don't think that's for sharing today. But I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We've got to be in the Word. That's where we've got to be in the Word. Forget those nuggets. Let's actually have the meal.
Let's have the happy meal, the joyful meal. <laughs> it doesn't cost £4.69. We're going to read this together. Right, I'd like you to stand, and, and I'd like you to read it. Listen, it's a pledge, so it's as if, if, you, if you feel you can't fulfil this pledge, then don't say it. But I'm hoping that you're going to give it your best shot. And if you're in a life group, or, and they're not here, or if they're in kids' work, can you get some more copies of those and give them to your life group people, yeah? You don't have to be a leader, just give it to them. But right, we're going to read this together. You ready? You ready? So if, you, if you're ready, if you want to pledge, it might just be me speaking right now. I don't care, I'm going to pledge. Alright. Because God, you gave us the Bible, we will read it. Because we read it, we will believe it. And because we believe it, we will live it. I feel we need to say it again. I feel we need to say it again. It's not that you're making a second pledge. Yeah, go on. Just see that actually when um, Jude wrote it down, he missed off the final it, and it just says, we will live. And actually, that's <laughs> he right. did. That's we will right. live. We will live. Are you ready? <laughs> because God, you gave us the Bible, we will read it. Because we read it, we will believe it. And because we believe it, we will live. Yeah, we will live. We will live. Why don't we give God a huge round of applause? In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone and we also have lots of fun in this house we definitely forgive we also do loud we give the best hugs we are family and in this house, that means we, we love. love.